Hello and welcome to Jump Cuts, a podcast about movies. My name's Charlie. I'm joined by my co-host, Will. Hello, I'm back. Although, <laughs> wait, I guess I was on the last one too. Okay, I moved recently and I've been off the internet for a while, but <laughs> it will appear totally the same to the listener. <laughs> In some ways, you are back. Yeah. Uh, yes, and Park. Hello. This week we watched Your Name, a movie about never checking the date on your calendar. So, uh, this was Park's pick. Park will recap it. Park. Alright, yeah, there's there's a lot that goes on here. So, we're going to read the IMDb recap because it's short, sweet, and honestly doesn't tell you shit about the movie. The Park classic. <laughs> Two strangers find themselves linked in a bizarre way. When a connection forms, will distance be the only thing to keep them apart? Yeah, so that tells you really fuck all about the movie. The answer is no. There's more to it. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, honestly is a good thing in some ways. And, you know, also I kind of like a little bit more than that, though. But this was not mine or Will's first time watching the movie. But this was Charlie's. And I'm going to say this podcast, as always, is full of spoilers. So if you have not seen your name, stop now and go watch it. Uh yeah, so Charlie, I guess first, what did you think of your name? Good ass movie. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Uh, <laughs> this wins Charlie's good ass movie of the week. <laughs> Tune in next time <laughs> to hear Charlie's next pick for good ass oh, movie of the week. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was it was, it was a good ass movie, dude. I don't know. I so I have thoughts about it that are not I almost said I have complicated thoughts about it they're really not uh, <laughs> it was good it was very unusual in that the first like almost half of the movie right before the plot twist had this very strange feeling to me where I was like am I watching something that was pitched as a script for an anime TV show that was supposed to be like a one season deal. And then they compressed all this stuff into some montages with some pop songs. And then the plot twist happens. And I was like, well, no, that's not what they were doing. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe, I don't know. Maybe that was the original I idea. Could... And the plot twist was going to be like the end of season one, but <sighs> It, yeah, when that hit, it went from, like, well, this is, I guess, kind of cute to, like, oh, oh my god, <laughs> some shit going down. It jumps from, like, a slice-of-life anime to just, like, I don't want to say absolute insanity, but to a plot twist that really kind of, like, punches you in the gut. Yeah. yeah the first time you see it. really well. Like, there Hell, even it, the third time. <laughs> It feels like there are serious emotional stakes more so than most movies. I was like, oh my god, like, is this terrible thing actually going to happen? And, like, if it does, like, like they might actually do this. They might just kill everybody, and I will be emotionally destroyed if they do. <laughs> That's the thing. I feel like anime is so willing to, like, rip your heart out, at least from my experience, that, like, the... Even on like the third watch, just the amount of tension that this movie can can bring when it goes from like love story to like 
your favorite character and 500 other people are all going to die. <laughs> it's like an <laughs> apocalypse movie. <laughs> we ha- we got to stop it with the power of being a teenager. <laughs> Uh, I guess we should we discuss uh, what the plot twist is now that we've. <laughs> well, I guess we should discuss the plot at least a little bit more in depth than that's fair. Little IMDb described it. So, the premise of your name is a is two high schoolers in different parts of Japan keep swapping bodies in their sleep, um, and it it feels like a dream to them where. One day, Taki wakes up. So our two characters are Taki and Mitsuha. And one day, Taki wakes up in Mitsuha's body, and Mitsuha wakes up in Taki's body. And this swap happens primarily when they sleep, but it's not every single night. It happens randomly, and they go back and forth and back and forth until we suddenly, like, hit this, this huge plot twist where, again, if you haven't watched, stop now. Okay, there's enough of a break. <laughs> She's dead. A catastrophic event happened where the Tiamat Comet split in two and a fragment of it slammed into the town of Itamori where she lived, killing everyone. And it's just gut-wrenching when like that realization happens. Even th- my third time watching this film. It was gut wrenching. <laughs> it's pretty incredible amounts of despair that this movie can make you feel. Uh, My fiance and I just finished rewatching it like five minutes before we started recording. We were in there crying on the couch. We have we have both seen this movie multiple times, <laughs> and we were still crying on the couch. She was actually very upset with me because we were crying on the couch, and I'm like, "Okay, sorry, I got to go record a podcast <laughs> sorry, now. I got to go record." <laughs> thoughts on this film yeah. that is the one of the worst sentences i've ever <laughs> i feel really bad uh, i do she'll be fine she's an adult she's seen it before that's uh, yeah, fine yeah fine. this is but the yeah. first time viewing i'd be like go back in there but you know since she's seen it before it's fine <laughs> yeah, we have watched this movie together before so i'd seen this is my third time seeing it uh weirdly i think this movie was sort of a very early on like start to me watching a good bit of anime because i didn't much i think before i watched it so and like since then this is probably you know like my third time seeing it uh which is pretty rare for <laughs> a movie's got to be pretty good for me to rewatch it this much uh it's it, it helps that even if you know what's going on the movie is like gorgeous on top of it so it's just like a lot of eye candy and it can be a good movie to like after the first watch and you've absorbed how crazy the plot is to like go back through it and uh like watch it just to see anything that you missed or all like the beautiful scenery and even i still want to watch it with the dub actually so i'm not like reading half the time normally i don't complain about that with anime but like ones that look this good i think it's maybe worth trying mm-hmm. yeah so will and i watched the sub version charlie watched the dub yeah he's a scrub because he likes to play on his because because it's hot you're always on your dang phone <laughs> <laughs> it's true i am always on my dang phone 
Yeah, I'm usually a dubs guy anyways, because I, I don't know. I know people complain about dub voice acting all the time, and it so rarely actually bothers me. And it means that, yeah, I can look at my phone. <laughs> uh, but also it's like, better, like with yeah. Dragon Ball. Sometimes it's better. Sometimes I can watch what's going on on the screen and, you know, not be reading, which not that that's that difficult, but like, I don't know, sometimes it's nice. And also, yeah, I can space out for a second and hear what was going on if I wasn't looking. So anyways, but why I watched the not dub. be looking at this? I don't know, dude, because I'm me. I have a short attention span. Sometimes there's a spot on the wall and I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. Yeah. Every time we watch a movie like, one minute longer than 90 minutes, Charlie's like, well, like, I got to dock points for the lane. Yeah. Speaking of which, this movie, too long. No. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, all that to say, yeah, the I didn't really have an issue with the dub. I thought the voice acting was good. The only like questionable translation stuff, not that I can compare it to the actual Japanese because I, I don't. I don't speak Japanese, and hey, you complaining about people watching dubs, you don't either. You also can't compare how accurate it is relative to the sub-translation, so anyways. Um, what was I talking about? <laughs> you, you were talking about the oh, dubs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking yeah, about how you good. get distracted easy and you have to play on your phone <laughs> <laughs> when you're watching <laughs> That is what I was talking about. Anyways, yes, the uh, the dub voice acting was fine. The only translation stuff, and it may not even be translation stuff, the only stuff that I thought was weird was they just, they say boobies a lot. Specifically boobies with the IES. And I was like, well, that's one way to phrase that. Uh, I don't know. It was just kind of silly. Which sometimes it's supposed to be, but there was a couple times where it was like they could have used it. Synonym here. <laughs> uh, in the in the sub version, it just says boobs on the subtitles yeah, in those parts. Yeah, but there is one thing. I'm not sure how they did it in the dub because I've never actually watched the dub of this. But one scene that I don't think would translate very well is uh, Japanese is a is a gendered language, like so many others out there, and really most the, of them. Yeah, other than English, but. With the first scene that we see with Mitsuha and Taki's body when she's having lunch in the Japanese version, the reason they look at her funny, she's using the the feminine words for when talking about themselves. And that's why the friends like kind of like look over at her funny and or him funny and like are trying to figure out what's happening. And I'm not sure how they do that in the dub or if they just cut it out entirely. I think they just had her say something weird. I don't uh. remember what it was, but there, I mean, I remember what you're talking about with like them giving her a weird look, but I think it was just, they made it. So she said something that made that an appropriate reaction. I, I couldn't tell you what it specifically was though. Yeah. I think this translation for the sub is one of those ones that's like meant to appeal to a very like wide audience. Cause you see a lot of like the way subs are done when going from Japanese to English. I feel like you run into sometimes the sub like assumes that this is your hundredth anime that you're watching and will just like leave in some words that are just like Japanese words written out, <laughs> you know, yeah. or like 
they leave in all like the honorifics and stuff and they leave it to you to know that like oh this one means like mister and this one is referring to like a child right uh and this sub at least the one i watched like didn't have any of that like to the point where they kind of had to write around it in the sub even or like he doesn't refer to his, like his older co-worker as senpai when mitsuha is in uh is in his body right and then someone like clocks him on the head with like a newspaper and is like call her senpai <laughs> and like i forget how they translated it but i think he just says like miss or something right like which is yeah. like yeah he does that's the... the same translation they use for the dub too is like hey it's miss oku okudera yeah it's like that's close enough for the most part there's nothing in this that like i read the subtitles and i mean i don't speak japanese right so like i, I wasn't yeah. able to like catch anything like they changed the meaning of this scene yeah but... the only reason you know any of that is because you've watched a lot of anime right which is why yeah because eventually from... i was like why does everyone refer to each other as san like what's going on here and i looked it up yeah, and it's like Google oh it. it's like an honorific thing it's if you don't know them that well <laughs> yeah yeah so translating it that way i think like you said it it works better for something that you want to be a wide release for a wide audience right because if yeah. you're if you're somebody that doesn't watch a lot of anime or you just don't know anything about japanese as a language or a culture you look at that and you're like what what the hell does any of that mean yeah so there were at least in the sub i watched there were still some words that were left in just the written out Japanese. And it was for things like when the teacher is explaining the like traditional way that like the, the traditions are around like twilight and she says it in like different dialects. It just wrote it out in like the different dialects. Every time it translated it the very first time, but then after that, it just wrote out the dialects. Uh, okay. That might have been helpful. I think I watched a kind of a bootleg thing. So. <laughs> yeah, and then it was the same thing with, like, when, like, I was talking about with, like, the whole, like, saying the wrong gender adjectives or whatever, talking about themselves. It would have, like, the closest English word next to it, and then it had the Japanese, like, spelling in, like, you know, the feminine spelling of it in brackets next to it. So you kind of understood the scene a bit better. So, like, when they were saying, like, me, you know, if they're just saying me and it just says me on there, you're not really going to get why they're looking at her funny or him funny. Yeah. But then when it has, like, and it, it even says it had, like, the spelling and then in italics it said feminine uh, spelling or feminine uh, yeah. adjective I, or whatever I, next to it. I think mine it. had that, too. So maybe we did watch the same one. I don't know. But I actually paid for it on Amazon. Same. Wait, how did you... To the oh, okay, I guess they just have a sub and a dub on there. Yeah, I literally just I googled it. I clicked on the first Amazon link and I hit rent, and that was a dub. That was my entire thought process. <laughs> Watching, <laughs> like knowing what you're getting on Amazon is so weird because I feel like half the stuff on there is just uploaded by like some algorithm somewhere, and a lot of times like it just won't tell you if it's in like. HD or 4K standard def or just like weird shit happens when we did when I watched we didn't we didn't talk about this movie on this show but I did watch Reanimator and for some reason like renting it and just buying it 
for the exact same price. So now mm-hmm. I just own Reanimator on Amazon. It's like the one movie I own on that because uh, it's a weird service. Hell yeah. I think I own I own the Lord of the Rings trilogy, uh, Rogue One, and Crazy Stupid Love. The rom-com. And great the, lineup. <laughs> great lineup. Yeah, that one, I I think it was like $2 more expensive to buy than rent. And I was watching it with my girlfriend on Valentine's Day. And I was like, oh, I'll just buy it so we can watch it again next year. And she thought that was really sweet. And then I broke up with her a month later. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Maybe it was a year later. Uh, not, on the day, on Valentine's The timeline is false. <laughs> she saw you looting it up and she was like, no more. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, this movie, yeah, the localization stuff, I thought it was good. You guys thought it was good with the sub. Moving on. Uh, very pretty. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. Let's, yes. yeah. let's talk about the art. So, this film is stunning. And guess what? It's hand drawn. I that the, this that whole seems movie like a lot of work. <laughs> was hand drawn in one year. Now that's impressive. I didn't know that. I knew because like we did Redline, and that was seven years, right? So it's amazing. That yeah, they, they, they just had more people drawing. <laughs> it was from like. Like from conception of the movie to release was a two year plan. Like production started in 2014, animation started in 2015, movie released in 2016. That's crazy. And like for how incredibly detailed this is, like it's it baffled me when I read that it only took a year to draw this, which I know that like they could have hundreds of animators all drawing in the same style for this, but still to like compile all of that together and process it all and add all of the like digital effects that are layered on top of it is insane to do in one year. Yeah, that's like very impressive. I don't even know why they put themselves on that tight of a timeline, really. (laughs) That's like, I don't know. That sounds grueling and unnecessary. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure there was a terrible crunch, but looks great. <laughs> That's true. And I mean, it's not like animators are known for being overworked or anything. So like they're they're probably fine. No, of course not. <laughs> Definitely not. But hopefully they weren't. It looks really good. I, I don't know how to continue to talk about this now that we said that. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Uh... It's it goes from things that are like very like the with the animation, like there are things that are like, okay, this is very obviously like anime, but then some of the cityscapes you could honestly think are like just a slightly doctored picture, like has like a filter over it. Yeah, they do a lot of they went a very like photorealistic route with this. You know, pretty different from like, you know, when you watch Redline or uh mm. what other we did Spirited Away, right? Yeah, yeah, like very, very stylized yeah, movies. Different from those types of animes. Like this one, kind of went, and like it, it's, they went the photorealistic route without making the characters, like the little anime characters running around, feel out of place ever, mm-hmm. which can be hard to do. Uh, there's like not really any scenes that just look like 
a drawing walking across just like a photo, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, which can happen. But like this didn't really make me feel that way. Everything like meshed together really well. And with uh, another thing, too, is like with the actual animation of the characters themselves. Once one scene that really stands out to me in this is the uh, the ritual when Mitsuha and her younger sister are up there dancing, they are slightly out of sync with each other, but in a way that feels natural. Yeah. It makes sense because one's like a child, or they're both like children, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, Mitsuha's been doing it longer, and her younger sister's kind of following her through the steps, so she's like slightly behind her in the moves. Like, it all feels very natural, where they could have just like essentially animated you know, gone with like a wireframe animation style essentially and just had them in perfect sync with each other. But they managed to make it this wonderful, natural, fluid motion. And it's so fucking good. <laughs> um, but I guess like along with this beauty, though, there is also a just stunning soundtrack to back it all up. I think this has one of the best soundtracks in an animated film that I've seen. Like there's something about the songs, the tie, like the way that they're lined up so perfectly with, you know, everything going on like that really also helps like the, the evoking of emotion from watching this movie. <laughs> there's a lot of songs that are like, well, it's time to cry now. Here's that song. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, and like sparkle the like main title piece of this movie. It like, it's just incredible. <laughs> I thought it was good, but it didn't like blow my mind or anything. I don't know. It was a soundtrack. It was fine. Did it, I actually have a question for you watching the dub version? Did they play the English version of Sparkle? I think the lyrics to all the songs were in English. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, See, that's the problem with the dub. <laughs> man, that's totally different. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, you you should go and listen to it in Japanese because it's. So much better. Are the lyrics the same? I mean, obviously, none of us would know because we haven't seen. Each yeah, I mean, versions, I'm, so. I'm sure they're translated. I, I don't know, dude. It okay? Because like it'll I stop rhyming if if you translate. The main it. song was in English, but it's possible that some of the others were not, and I was just not paying attention to the lyrics because all of them it was like. I don't. You know how every like translated anime song is like kind of hard to tell what they're saying. Yeah, that sounds incredibly racist, but like it's it, <laughs> Christ, <laughs> I'm struggling right now. Um, it's just it's like a combination of how they translate their stuff, and then I I don't know how the fuck they record it. I don't know who's singing the translated versions. I don't know. Let me put it this way: I don't pay that much attention to the lyrics of translated anime songs because I just don't care. <laughs> so I wasn't paying that much attention to this movie either. Because like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to go listen to the soundtrack. I was surprised that they, like how much, how many lyrics are in the soundtrack, right? Like, I feel like that's sort of rare for movies that they have like yeah. this. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's like more common in anime movies, but you know, I mean, I've seen so many more non-anime movies, right? But, uh, it is, <laughs> and it's always, it, it's like a fun quirk to stuff like this, where it almost has like an intro for itself, right? Like yeah. Redline had it too. Redline. 
the the red line intro is still undefeated but uh it's i don't know i remember the first time i watched it and they had like that montage at the beginning and they were like your name and they had the music going and i was like am i watching the wrong thing is this like a tv show (laughs) i was so confused but i think that's why i'm sort of like ambivalent to it towards it like it's good music but it heavily contributed to the am i watching something that was supposed to be a tv show vibe yeah and because it's so montagey and i think having all these lyrical songs like makes it feel even more montagey than it already is but like in a weird combination of like i don't know 80s ski movie montage and then also <laughs> like anime outro montage right that was it, it felt like the places that they placed the montage songs was like this is uh the end of a particularly dramatic episode that's the end of an arc or setting up a new one and we're gonna montage out instead of the normal credits and then next episode right yeah and it's sort of i mean that's where they were placed plot beat wise is like the end of the major act right yeah. in the the first part of the movie because there's sort of like there's the first part and then they kind of real they both realize that what's happening is really happening montage and then taki decides to go find mitsuha montage right yeah so i I'm not saying that that was like a bad decision necessarily, but it sort of took me out of it a little bit. I don't know. Maybe I'm just, I just don't like montages, but I was like, okay, they're doing the montage here. So uh, let's get to the next thing where something is happening. I'm fine with montages. I don't know. I mean, like stuff happens in the montage and then let's go with me. I I think it worked well for this. I'm not saying, again, I like, I don't think it's like, if, if it's a negative, it's because it's like, the only thing about the movie that wasn't like stellar, but I was like, oh, okay, they're doing, I don't know. It just, I don't have any words for it beyond what I've already said. I just, I didn't think the montage stuff was like important or necessary. They could have just not done that. And I probably would have been more hooked in before the plot twist hit. Gotcha. Maybe I'm weird. I don't know. Yeah. And I can see sort of the feel of like, oh, is this planned to be, like a series although if we if, if this was an anime series it would be so much uglier oh my god yeah because <laughs> yeah kind of like the, the the thing about just like the way these things are funded like anime movies are where you go for like the good animation right because every time someone watches it they gotta pay usually mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but you know for like uh it's like a regular, you know, summer season anime, right? Like, uh, you're not going to get nearly the same level of funding or even time to work on it, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, like, I'm like, I'm happy they went the movie route with this because even though I think like the plot like could have worked, it's I like how pretty it is, and also it's fun to see the plot shift from like Freaky Friday to like just the most tension. <laughs> yeah you could yeah. possibly have and you're just like spinning the whole back half of the movie just like terrified that the character that you've gotten to know for the first hour of the movie is going to get hit by a fucking comet <laughs> and yeah that part incredible maybe that's why the montage stuff feels so flat to me because i'm like this is meaningless trash next to the second <laughs> half of the movie yeah 
I guess one thing I want to ask, is, mainly to Charlie again, how did you feel at the end of this movie? Uh, it's hard to describe. I was joking with you guys in the group chat about it, right? With all the, like, gonna gonna text all my exes bullshit, which I didn't do. <laughs> Mostly. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I... I, I ever I watched the movie yesterday and for over 24 hours now I've been trying to think of like what is the feeling that I that I felt during the back half of this movie and then the end of this movie like what what is the word for it and I genuinely I don't know <laughs> I because it's it's complicated right it's complicated in a way that many movies aren't or rather let let me rephrase that the the feelings are complicated in a way that a lot of movies aren't and it's just i don't know it's a lot it's like it's simultaneously like it's stressful and draining and exhausting but like also you want them to like get that chance to like meet up and see each other and then they do and then it's just like fucking ripped away immediately in this incredibly like jarring fashion and then you're you're left there thinking for the next like 10 minutes like did it work or not did she did she still die you don't know for a little bit it (laughs) just leaves you in the fucking soup (laughs) just doing with that uh and then you get the relief and you find out that you know Mitsuha is alive and then there's like a another it's not a montage but there you get both of them running around Tokyo doing a voiceover and then they they finally like bump into each other as adults and it's like it to me if there was a thing the movie is about it's that Right, it's it's that interaction of having a a a thing or, <clears throat> or a feeling or a person that like you barely even remember anymore, and at some point you don't, and then all of a sudden it's just there again. Uh, and whether that is the feeling or the person or the thing or whatever, it's just, I, I I don't know what the best word for it is, but I was all fucked up for a few <laughs> hours. Put it that way. I think what contributes so much to the emotional shell shock that I feel like people feel in this movie is the fact that you don't find out what happens to the two main characters until like the final scene of the movie. It's like, yeah. mm-hmm. bam, they meet each other and do the title drop end of movie, right? Like, up till the very end, I was prepared for them to never run into each other again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it, it really sets it up like they're just, you know, they're going to keep passing each other and then they're going to like go their separate ways. Yeah, because Tokyo is really and, big. <laughs> It'd be really easy to never run into each other again. Oh, but like it, talking about like the jarring moment, though, when they're like meeting at Twilight. And then as they're writing on each other's hands, the pin just, like, drops. Yeah. And it's done so well that it almost makes you jump when it happens. Pure evil. It's, it surprised <laughs> me the third time around. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that when he's just, he's just staring at the, like, mark on his hand where she started to write her name and didn't get to finish it. And I was just like, oh, fuck you, movie. Come on. <laughs> 
<laughs> Why you gotta do that to me? Um, but yeah, I I think you're right, Will. That the it it really sets you up to think that like, okay, this is not gonna work out, and this is like a two ships passing in the night story of like, you know what? It's something fleeting and brief, and then it's gone, and then a you know ten years later or whatever you've. You can barely remember it anymore. And then you get the actual ending, which is they do finally meet up. And it, it's a, I don't know, it's a lot of swings. And you could have done this movie in a way where they don't meet again in the end. But... Then I'd be depressed. Yeah, that would be... <laughs> yeah, you would, have, you would have needed some scene with like the main character, like learning something or like having some sort of like well at least like i can hope she's alive out there and like not i don't know because like the way the movie is like built in this one it's just sort of like an adventure like love story right it isn't like making any grand statements or like musings about like love really from what i can tell it's mostly just like Oh my god, are they gonna get together? Yeah. <laughs> like, please find each other, please, please God. You know, like that's more <laughs> yeah, I, what it's going for. Which is why I mean very entertaining, right? Like Yeah. Yeah. I think that in is the more effective way to do romance movies in general. Because I don't know, of all the things to have a movie that's trying to say something and make a point about, like you can't do love like I, nobody has any point to make about that because nobody knows what the fuck they're talking about i mean you just listen to me stammer about that shit for five minutes or however long i was talking i nobody's got the right thing to say to put how that feels to them towards everybody else so you just create something where people get pulled through the you know series of emotions you want to create Think about Portrait of a Lady on Fire, right? Same thing. If that if that movie had a point, I, I don't think that movie had, it may have had, you know, political points or whatever, but I don't think it had a point about, like, this is what love is or is supposed to be, because that would be stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it pulls you, it, instead, it just makes you get invested and feel the things the characters feel, right? That's what you're supposed to do with this stuff, and that's what this movie did. Yeah. And it was very effective. Mm-hmm. Would you say that it, it, it let you walk a mile in the shoes of these characters? Maybe got to inhabit their <laughs> lives for maybe just cool. a little bit. <laughs> maybe a uh, comedic body swap situation. <laughs> well, when you put it that way, I really freaky Friday'd it with this movie. What? <laughs> I woke up and I was an anime girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, congratulations. Uh, Thank you. There are a lot of very smelly people out there who are very interested in what you have to say. <laughs> oh, God. They're coming for you now. I was, I'm actually like, I was very curious to hear how you felt at the end of this movie. So, like, thank you for sharing that. I got you, dude. Like, I know this can also be like a very, almost like a, a very personal feeling at the end of this movie. Uh, because the first time I watched this movie, I was at a very different point in my life. Um, and it definitely hit me different. But I mean, I, I still felt 
very similar emotions, even watching it today, I will say. For sure. Yeah, I, I will talk about my feelings anytime. I have no boundaries anymore. I'm 27. I write about video games for a living. I am Charlie Unchained. <laughs> I, will, I will say exactly what I think all the time. No one can stop me. No one can stop me. Uh, what do y'all think of the how they handled the like the body swap stuff? Because I thought that was pretty fun. I liked at the beginning how they like literally in a scene transition swap who is who at like the very beginning and they don't really do that again to like fake you out with who's who like they're pretty good at having you understand mm-hmm. who is in whose body at any given time and i don't know i feel like they they all had it like very fun although it was kind of funny when mitsuha was like i wish i was like a handsome boy living in tokyo i'm, su- I'm surprised her little sister was like mitsuha do you, have, do you want to talk about something <laughs> <laughs> like, you okay that yeah i like we don't need to go too far down that road but there is i think you could absolutely read like a transgender allegory out of this movie and i could see it being i don't know it's it's not an experience i have so i can't i I, I don't i don't think that's what i don't think that's what they were trying to do yeah i think there's a very real possibility the director did not think about that at all (laughs) oh i think that yeah that that is very very yeah. possible i'm just saying you it's could, fun to think about though but you know. yeah you you could i don't know pull something positive from it in that manner because they both handle being the opposite gender very well <laughs> they yeah. both are basically like pilot the other person's body in like very effective ways if that makes sense and like part of that i mean like with any body swap thing is like your inhibitions are sort of down because it's like well it's kind of a temporary stay right so yeah. i can be like yeah i, I can kind of act out more or like do stuff with less consequence right um mm-hmm. i like they have like mitsuha like basically getting taki a date for him yeah and, like taki is like suddenly getting mitsuha to have all these like guys like and at, girls and girls <laughs> asked to like date her because uh he's just like every time he's in her body he just starts like when, it, when people gossip about her he'll just like you know, talk back to them, like kick over desks and basically becomes cool. <laughs> the only thing that didn't work for me with the body swap stuff was just like, uh, there, so like the, the first scene in the movie, right? If I remember correctly is Taki wakes up in Mitsuha's body and just like grab boobs immediately. And like, okay, fair. Like, if you were suddenly a different gender, you would do the same thing. And Mitsuha does the same thing when she wakes up in his body. But then they kind of just, like, kept doing it. And at some point, I was like, okay, like, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I think, well, I think that's how they let you know who's who. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I, they, I guess that is, like, the signal, like, on wake up of, like, this is who this is. But, like, I don't know. They could have come up with a different one. Yeah. And they, like, they, they turn it into a joke at the end when he was, like. Yeah, he's crying and grabbing his boobs. Yeah, like, her crying. Boobs and... <laughs> like, she's alive. I yeah. love the sister, though. And she's like, you, you finally lost it. I'm going to school on my own. She's finally lost it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't, like, horribly egregious to me, but, like, there was once or twice I was like, okay, come on. <laughs> like, I get it. Um, but, yeah. 
otherwise, I don't know, yeah, the, the body swap stuff was largely successful, but it's, like, so weirdly, like, it's not the most interesting part of the movie at all. Uh, yeah, the, the back because half. Because of everything that is, happens later. Yeah, so. probably the more interesting part. And, like, they don't, yeah. there's, like, any story like this, uh, there's going to be some, like, I guess, like, little plot holes. We mentioned it at the beginning of how did none of them look at a year in the calendar <laughs> at mm. any point? But, like, then, because they make it sort of a dream-like thing, I feel like you can say like oh well because they always feel sort of like they're dreaming and their memories are a little hazy every time maybe they see the date and they aren't like looking for that right or mm-hmm. there are a million ways to like hand wave that stuff or you could talk about it forever but that's really the movie is so much more fun if you don't care about like the time travel like body swap stuff too much or if you're not worried about the the logistics of it uh, yeah. you shouldn't be because later on in the movie they just start tied together by a, a magic hair tie <laughs> like yeah. it's not really meant to be read into that much mm-hmm. yeah it's it's just a it's a device to do the setup yeah to uh, have cool magic well. stuff happen yeah because it is like it is a very fantastical movie more so than i really expected even but yeah i think the the realistic like the way it's presented so realistically with like the art especially in the first half will can sort of like (laughs) tricks you into that and then like yeah he drinks the spit sake and then just has a has an episode (laughs) you know like Mm -hmm. it gets you know they have his little vision quest thing which is cool yeah and the just very briefly going back to the animation style, I did love the like sudden transition to like almost color pencil style yeah. animation for that whole scene. That was really cool. Yeah, it's always fun when they like mix up the, the medium a little bit with uh, animation and stuff. It felt like they were using the format to its the best of its ability, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, because it's always a little disappointing. And I think you can still make movies like this if you want to, but like. If you see an animated film and you're like, well, that could have been live action, you know, and it would have had the same impact. But mm-hmm. uh, some of the stuff, particularly when like magic shit starts happening and even like the, the comet itself, I think, uh, then making it sort of like beautiful and like threatening at the same time. Like there's no way you couldn't do a live action that looks like that and have it work, I don't think. Um, even though apparently J.J. Abrams is trying to, then uh, I've got some upsetting news for everybody. <laughs> uh, but you know these anime adaptations to like English speaking audiences usually go over really great, so I think we're gonna be fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, everyone's really excited for Cowboy Bebop, guys. It actually, I will say this, from what I've been seeing initially, it could be the best anime to, like, live-action adaptation to date, which is not saying much. It definitely looked better than, like, the... Okay, I've seen, like, the first 15 minutes of the live-action Death Note, which, wow, that was just the they just like invented a new character for the main character and made him terrible (laughs) oh okay so i feel a little bit little bit better about the 
your name live action adaptation because the screenwriter is Eric uh, he- Heiser. Heiser, Heiser, who yeah, did Arrival. So, I mean, I'm still not happy about it. They're also completely changing the story to be about a young Native American woman and a young man from Chicago. That, I mean, to be fair, you could do the exact same story just in America and change it to, like, I don't know, you, you got to replace A Native American Chico woman in Chicago. But... I mean, yeah, that's less magical than Tokyo and the Japanese countryside to us, but that's just because we're from here. True. <laughs> Not Chicago, thank God, but uh, America. <laughs> Too cold. Move the city south. <laughs> yeah. Simply uh, live somewhere where it is not cold, you fools. But uh, one one other thing, though, that I, I found very interesting. This movie made up 10% of Japan's total box office revenue in the year it came out. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jeez. Um, it grossed. 41 billion yen worldwide and 23.5 billion in Japan alone. And to put that into comparison, the second highest film from that year was Force Awakens at 11.6 billion yen. Yeah, that's a lot more. Especially next to Star Wars. (laughs) Yeah, it was more than double Star Wars. You know, it was a big deal when, like, all over, maybe not all over, but you see it a lot in newer anime and manga, just, like, direct joking references to your name. (laughs) Like, I've seen it happen several times (laughs) because it was that much of, like, a a cultural landmark of, like, hey, everyone is talking about your name. I so do you guys know why it was such a huge success beyond just like being good? I think it's because movies that are good don't make billions of dollars like all the time. I guess billions of yen is not billions of dollars, but movies that are really good don't make hundreds of millions of dollars. I think it's just a really easy movie to like, right? Like it kind of appeals to everyone, you know, or like the just from the beginning, it's like, oh, like a body swap, like teenage love story, like pretty much anyone you can be like, sure, I'll give it a shot, and then like it kind of surprises you. People love plot twists. That's a good way to make a movie go viral, right? People tell you, oh my God, you got to watch this. It has this crazy twist halfway through. Uh, I'm like, that's good. And I think the way it ends on like a, like an emotional gut punch that is also a happy note. I think just a lot of people, myself included, watch this movie and we're like, I got to go tell people about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is the it was the second highest anime film grossing anime film of all time. Now it is the third because Demon Slayer took the number one spot. So it goes Demon Slayer Spirit Away Your Name. Um, but what I I, I uh, Makoto Makoto the the director of Your Name has two films in the highest grossing anime top ten. Because Weathering With You is the number six. Yeah, which has anyone seen that? I haven't managed to catch it yet. I have. It is very good. And there are actually cameos of Mitsuha and Taki in it. Really? Oh my god. Yeah, they are are in the movie. Like, this is all canon within his world. (laughs) 
Interesting. I've only ever seen uh, what's it called in the in the Garden of Words or just the Garden of Words by him and your name. Uh, the Garden of Words is like forty five minutes long, uh, and it's about a student falling in love with a female teacher in a park. Which mm. <laughs> listen, hear me out. <laughs> The movie is pretty explicitly by the end about how very, very bad of an idea it is, at the very least, right? So, uh, well, that's good. Yeah, the whole like to not to spoil it too bad, but it basically, you end up with the female teacher being like, "I am, I am a shitty person for looking for emotional support from a child." <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, it's also a very pretty movie, really incredible animation. So. I think it was on Netflix for a while. But anyway. I believe it was. I, I feel like I, I recognize. I, I have it pulled up on my other monitor, and I, I definitely recognize the the art. Yeah, I watched it because I had seen your name, and I was like, "Oh, it's the same same guy." So I still want to watch the Demon Slayer movie. So do I. I, I got to figure out why it, it, it's crazy. The rise of like Demon Slayer as a thing, and then the person uh, like the the artist who made it just like actually deciding to end the story at like a reasonable time, big props to, <laughs> to whoever made Demon Slayer. Cause uh, you love to see it. they could have easily turned it into like a, you know, never ending, like kind of like one piece thing, which like, no, I'm dis- gonna say, make it one yeah, piece. No disrespect to one piece. Cause I've heard it like stays good. Cause it manages to keep things fresh, but I kind of prefer stories that I know will like have an ending to them. So yeah, I, I need to check out. I mean, I know what happens in the movie, but I still want to see it anyway. Yeah, to date, there are 981 episodes of One Piece, and it's still going. They broke a thousand chapters a while back. That is too many. Yeah, which is I not even say. the longest running manga in terms of like number of chapters. I think there's like a boxing one that has like 1,300 or something. Ugh. And then they're like, for shows like Doraemon, this has been going on infinitely. It's like like a family-friendly cartoon that's been like just running forever in Japan. I mean, Pokemon has like well over a thousand episodes. Oh, true. If I you include so. it everything. Does? Yeah. It's still going. Over a thousand, though? It's, I mean, it's only been going since, what, like 98? Isn't uh, One Piece older than Pokemon that? has 1,168 episodes. Oh, well, Jesus H. Christ. <laughs> that's a lot of Pokemon. <laughs> That's too many. It's like an episode per Pokemon. Good God. Is that including the one that gave kids epileptic seizures? Probably. Yeah. Is that the Hypno episode? I don't know which one it is. All I know is there's one that like had a lot of flashing lights. I think oh no, that's a different one. That that's from the first season, right? I think so. Yeah, that's from the Indigo League season. Because yeah. so is the hit there's two banned episodes from that season. It's the epilepsy one and the hypno one where they're like this is just about a hypno being a pedophile oh. we can't show this oh, on no. tv to children kids if you see any hypnos out there <laughs> stay away they really Jesus. they didn't have to draw him so man like that does not make it better well like i mean in the game he isn't i, I you don't think of someone luring children when he does a look at hypno but I guess in the show they must have done something with his character. <laughs> I mean, Hypno is sort of like a a bipedal. He's I mean, he's bipedal, anthropomorphic but... dude. He looks kind of like a little yeah. elephant guy. I don't know. 
Well, well, that's drowsy. He's the one with the trunk. Hypno doesn't have the trunk anymore. He's just got a nose. I'm looking up Hypno. Hold on. Yeah. Hypno is when he gets taller. And oh, skinnier. yeah. He's kind of like a goblin thing. Yeah. It's a, it's a very scary drawing on the third result. What the hell? Okay. Yeah, dude. Hypno's a creepy motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I think his weird little mane thing is not great. Which, I mean, it makes sense. It's like, this is like the childhood bedtime horror story character out of some, I don't know, ancient fairy tale shit. But, uh, you know, you put that in an episode of a children's TV show where he's luring children into the woods. That's not great. (laughs) Yeah. You can't do that. (laughs) I mean, you can, but should you... (laughs) Well, anyways, <laughs> enough about Pokemon. <laughs> Does anyone have anything else for your name? That's it no, for me. I think that's that's it for me. Cool. All right. Uh, I mean, I think recommendations are pretty obvious. Where I think you should watch this movie. So, yeah. Ideally, at this point, you've already seen the movie because I told you to leave if yeah, you had. Told you what? <laughs> are you even listening to us? Come on. <laughs> Particus specifically asked you to go watch Why do you listen to podcasts if you don't go and do exactly what the hosts say when they say uh-huh. it? I, for one, certainly do not listen to any movie podcasts of which I have not seen the movie. I would never. I would I never. Would never. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. As always, new episodes every Thursday. Find us on all the stuff at Jump Cuts Pod. Find Will at Will. You can follow me on Twitter at Will Post Words, and you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, Will Johnston. Bark. You can find me on Instagram at SummerHour underscore Brewing. Me, Charlie B, posts on Twitter. Uh, yeah. That's all the stuff. Be sure to leave a like, rating, review, whatever you do on your podcast app that you use. really helps us out. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. やけに透き通っていたりしたんだ